1: Hollywood. Hollywood takeover.com slash Jesse. It
2: is the Jesse
1: Kelly show. Let's have some fun on a Friday and ask Dr. Jesse Friday. It's going to be a good one today. No guests, no phone calls, just the things you have emailed into the show and wow did you deliver we have someone wants to know why i love new york city i i, I will explain why i love new york city people want to know did chris con me into me buying him a steak is joe biden doing this on purpose with rush i got a lot of questions about that how to make history fun someone's going to start homeschooling all that and much much more tonight on the Jesse Kelly show. Now, before I get to the questions, I do I do want to have a good bit and a bad bit. Good news and bad news, I guess, is how I probably should put it. I realize things are a little tough right now. I realize that. And there's plenty you can feel down about at this point in time. I'm going to play for you audio from somebody who's at the World Economic Forum. This woman is speaking at the world economic forum and you don't have to dig too hard online to find out plenty of creepy stuff about the world economic forum. This is where the gigantic powers that be gather billionaires, politicians. They gather there. I mean, you name them, Bill Gates, they're they're all there. They all gather and they Decide on a general direction of the world, and as you can imagine, when you get that many r- wealthy, powerful people together, conspiracy theories that flow from that are endless. Of which I'm sure a ton of them are true. I'm now I'm now at the point where I just automatically believe conspiracy theories after the last two years. But in, in all seriousness, I'm sure there's a lot of really ugly stuff that goes on there. I'm sure a lot of it's made up. But one thing, one thing I do know for sure. Most of these people are terrible people. These are the cultural leaders we talk about all the time. You and I talk about it every single night. The cultural leaders that have no love of country, whatever their country is. The cultural leaders who have no connection to the real world. And most of all, this is really, really evident there. Cultural leaders who believe they should be kings and queens. They believe the limits on their power. The West has limits on power. We don't have kings and queens anymore. They despise those limits. They've always thought, man, this world would operate better if I could control more of it. This freedom these people have, it's crazy. And sometimes, why is this good news? Well, when these people get together, they tend to get a little too honest sometimes. Listen to this little snippet from somebody speaking at the World Economic Forum.
3: At Davos a few years ago, the Edelman survey showed us that the good news is the elite across the world trust each other more and more so we can come together and design and do beautiful things together. The bad news is that in every single country they were polling, the majority of people trusted that elite less.
1: Chris, um, did she just call herself the elite? <laughs> Not, that's what I did as like a gag two weeks ago because it's funny because it's ridiculous. That, but that's how they think about themselves and on to what she was saying. This is going to sound really, really probably odd. This is going to sound like maybe I've been watching too much Twilight Zone or something, but it, just hear me out. I have a I don't know if you want to call it a bad feeling. I have a feeling. I have a feeling out there that we are about to experience world-changing things in the coming years. And this is what I mean. It actually, is, She actually put into words on accident what I've been feeling for a while now. The trust in institutions. It is eroding. Not just in America. Across the West. The trust in institutions they're eroding. Don't believe me? Go ask 10 people on the street right now what they think of the FBI. About five, six years ago, you would have had nine out of 10 go, oh, yeah, the G-men, good guys. Now, at least half will roll their eyes, probably say something, maybe cuss under their breath. Go ask 10 people on the street what they think of the Center for Disease Control. Couldn't be less politicized, right? It's just the Center for Disease Go ask them. Uh, Those are are minor examples, but there's this distrust in institutions that is growing and growing and growing and growing. And here's something the elite, you know, people like me, Chris, (laughs) let's quit. There's something the elite, I, I don't know if they understand this part. They understand we are distrusting them more and more. What I don't think they understand is, they can be removed. History says societies will find a way to remove them. What that looks like. I don't know. I mean, obviously I don't want no, Chris, not don't point at Julius Caesar. Not look. I mean, maybe I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not advocating for that. Obviously I feel like this distrust of institutions, it is growing and growing and growing. And it's going to get to a point where people will cast off their institutions if they don't trust them, that's just, that's part of human nature. Uh, what's a great example of this? Let's say somebody hurt someone you love. I obviously don't want that to happen. Let's say somebody uh, slapped your wife or slapped your husband or something like that. What would you do as an American? What would you do? You, I know what you'd want to do, but what you would do is you'd pick up the phone and you'd call the cops, especially if you couldn't find the guy. He's not there. This guy slapped 911. Hey, police, this, this guy slapped my wife. Come arrest him. Cops show up and arrest the guy. That's what a citizen does because you trust your institutions. Now, what if you call the cops and the cops say, <laughs> I don't care, it's not my problem, and that starts happening around town. It doesn't just happen to you. It happens to your neighbor. He had a problem. Someone stole something. Cops didn't show up. This guy, someone killed his dog. Cops didn't show up. Some... Eventually, you stop calling the cops and you and your friends, you get in your car and you go find the guy who slapped your wife and you handle it yourself. That doesn't make you bad. That's what happens when institutions lose trust. I feel it happening across the globe right now, not just in America. If you pay any attention to Europe and things like that, I feel like this distrust of institutions is growing to the point where people will begin to separate from those institutions. And then what happens if you study history at all, what happens is the institutions obviously don't like that because they're, they're ruling basically like Kings and Queens. Now they don't like that. So they do all kinds of things, never nice things either, but they do all kinds of things to try to whip you the dirty peasant and get you back into line. But by then it's too late by then the peasants are out by then things are changing. And I know that sounded really ominous, but I was thinking about it this morning. I was, I was having a cup of coffee. Who knows? Maybe I had some bourbon in my coffee. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. And that's why these thoughts came to me. No, it, it, seriously, I, I had this thought today. I, I just get this feeling as I look around that things are changing. And I get the feeling just maybe the elites are starting to sense it too.
3: At Davos a few years ago, you know the Edelman survey showed us that the good news is the elite across the world trust each other more and more so we can come together and design and do beautiful things together. The bad news is that in every single country they were polling, the majority of people trusted that elite less.
1: Chris just asked while that woman was prattling on about being elite. I still love that she actually referred to herself as elite. Chris asked, but isn't it a good thing that we don't trust our institutions? Yes and no. Look, right now, you better distrust your institutions. If tomorrow FBI shows up at your door and they say, hey, are you Bob? You know what you say? Lawyer. Yeah, but I just asked if your name's Bob Lawyer. You should distrust your institutions. You should distrust what the CDC says. Go investigate for yourself. You should distrust what the president says. You should distrust what the IRS says, what the EPA says. You should distrust your DOJ. They have proven themselves. I know distrustworthy isn't a word, but it fits with what I'm saying, so I'm going to act like it's a word. They've proven themselves distrustworthy. I know the word's untrustworthy. They've proven that. So now we're at the point where you're a naive child. If you don't distrust them, you better distrust them. But is that good? No. No. You, you want to live in a, in a nation, in a country, where you can trust your institutions. Sadly, you don't. You don't have that country. You don't. I mean, you want an example of this? Kathy Hochul, she got up and spoke about schools, spoke about kids. She had something to say today that made my jaw drop. I'll play that for you in just a second. But uh, another one more thing on distrusting. You know what timeshares are. I know you know what a timeshare is. It probably would blow you away if you've never gotten involved in one to know that a lot of these timeshare companies, they suck you in and lock you in. You have to pay annual fees for your timeshare, and they don't let you out. You, it's not as simple as call, write a letter, email. Hey, I, you know, I don't go anymore. I'm done with it. No. They keep charging you every year. In some cases, annual fees have doubled. That's why Lone Star Transfer started doing what they're doing. They've helped 16,000 people, more than that, get out of it. They guarantee the release of all liability to your timeshare in writing and in a specific time frame. I love Lone Star because I hate con artists. I hate scammers. I hate people that steal that's why I like Lone Star Transfer. Give them a call if that's your situation. 844-310-2646. 844-310-2646. It's a free, no obligation consultation. I've got an
4: animal inside of me. This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show.
1: This is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday. And remember, you can email your ask Dr. Jesse questions in uh, and your love and hate and death threats. Everything's welcome to Jesse at Jessikellyshow.com. Feel free to email during the show. All right. One more thing on this. I, I, I want to play this audio again. Again, this is some world leader at the World Economic Forum calling herself elite, which is hilarious. But I want to play it one more time, so I want to answer Chris's question. Is it good? that we distrust institutions now.
3: At Davos a few years ago, you know, the Edelman survey showed us that the good news is the elite across the world trust each other more and more. So we can come together and design and do beautiful things together. The bad news is that in every single country they were polling, the majority of people trusted that elite less.
1: Is it a good thing that we distrust our institutions? Well, like I just said, oh, oh believe me, I'm going to play you Kathy Hochul. There's a great example of this here in a second. But you must distrust your institutions now. You must. If you don't, you're simply being naive on purpose at this point in time. And I'm sorry, I know pe- some people are more trusting than others. We don't have time for that naivete right now. That's one. But it is not a good thing to live in a society where your institutions have given all their trust up where they've, they've ruined any trust you had in them. That is not a good thing. You want to live in a legitimate civilized country. You know, everyone's equal under the law and things like that. You, you don't believe we live in that society now. I don't believe we live in that society now. Ghislaine Maxwell just went on trial. She apparently had dirt on every rich, powerful person in the world. What did they do? What did our Society I'm told I'm supposed to trust you. What did they do? Closed trial. Sealed all the names. You'll never know a thing. Do you think they would have closed that trial and sealed all the names if it was you, me, and Chris uh, that were tied to some international sex trafficking ring? Oh no, of course not. But then again, we're not elite. Well, Chris isn't. I am. <laughs> but you see what I mean? That's not good. No, I'm not I'm not complaining. Because we don't get to pick the time on earth that God gave us. But listen to this person. This is, obviously I know you know, but this is the governor of one of the most powerful states in the United States of America. Listen to this person speak about the institutionalized abuse of children as if it's
2: nothing. I know people are tired, but I also will say one thing about the kids. My daughter had a meltdown over having to put sneakers on to go to kindergarten. She got used to wearing sneakers in school. They just, they they adapt better than adults do.
1: That's Governor Kathy Hochul talking about forcing children to wear masks in school. Take that mask off your child. Your child doesn't need a mask. In fact, you don't need one either. The masks haven't done a daggone thing for two years. Stop doing the same thing you've been doing. And you know what? At this point, if you're still trusting the person who told you to wear a mask, you're a moron. Grow up. Think. We have to think now. I mean, I, I, I used an example at the opening of the show about distrusting institutions. And it, it, I used some you know ham-fisted example about what if you called the cops, someone hit your wife, and the cops never showed up, you would eventually have to go handle it yourself. But maybe that was a little too on the nose, Chris. You see what the NYPD just did? I mean, guys, I don't know what you want me to tell you. I know know how many listen. I don't know what you want me to tell you. Who's been more in your corner than me? NYPD just frog marched a nine-year-old out of a museum for not having a vaccine passport. I know that's not everybody. I know it's not universal. I know how many great cops there are out there, but cops—you know—across America. Forget about NYPD. Uh, cops across America. Listen to me. Listen. You don't have a lot of friends in this society. They've ruined that. This whole this whole dumping on cops at every turn. Cops are the enemy. Cops—they've the, ruined your reputation with huge portions of this society. The one group of people in this society that really still does back the blue is the person on the right. Wherever you fall on the right, in general, the people on the right see that uniform and they respect it and they appreciate the fact you're out there wading through the muck on behalf of normal citizens every single day. They like it. They like it. How much longer do you think you're going to have those people if you keep arresting nine-year-olds at museums and Burger King? And this is what I've been warning about. This is what I've been warning about. Not just the state of affairs for really any big city police department now, not just where they are, where they're going. As more and more of the tough, smart cops retire, go to the private sector, go be a cop in Florida somewhere, you're still going to have full ranks in the NYPD, and it's going to be full of a bunch of losers and idiots who will be who will just do whatever the next communist mayor tells them to do. If you're a police officer and you find yourself escorting a nine-year-old out of a museum for being unvaccinated, you're the bad guy. I want you to understand that. I know you look down at that badge and uniform and you say, I'm the good guy. You're actually the worst. You're worse than the real criminals out there. You're out there enabling this corruption. Stop enforcing this filth. Nine-year-olds escorting them out of a museum. How do you sleep at night? And this this is what's happening to the greatest police force in the world. This is what's happening right now. It's already happening. It's freaking terrible. Get to some Ask Dr. Jesse questions. That's enough ugliness, Chris. Oh, peerless font of wisdom. How? Why do you like New York City so much? New York City circa 1950 was probably the greatest city on earth, but it's been downhill ever since, except for a brief re- renaissance under Mayor Giuliani. Now it's filthy dirty, and in the words of Holly Galacti, whatever. Rat, I don't know how to say that name, Chris. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a musician, all right? Rats galore. Crime is rampant, you're suffocating under a mask, and half the time you're lucky to hear a word of English spoken. Stripped of sight, hearing, and smell, New York City might be barely tolerable in its best days. Worst of all, it's chock full of commies. (laughs) All right. I'm going to explain to you why I love New York City, and I'm going to do the best I can to lay it out for you, and I, I realize... Some of this is probably gonna make your nose turn. But a lot of this has to do with me and my worldview worldview. You wanna know why I love New York? I'll tell you in a second. Our longing to stray.
2: But even Dr. King's assassination did not have the worldwide impact that George Floyd's mm-hmm. death did.
1: Oh gosh! It is the Jesse Kelly show. That's of course our president from about a year ago. All right. Let me answer the question here before I get back. Cause I have more to say on this distrusting institutions and elites. And why do I love New York? Why do I love New York? Well, I, I should probably clarify something right now. We're going through a little bit of a break. All right. New York and I we're, we've separated temporarily at the time. And just allow me to explain. Uh, Right now, I'm not a vaccinated person, nor am I going to be. New York has the strictest vaccine requirements in the country, so I can't go back. But let's set set aside what New York is now, because I don't honestly know how you could possibly defend what New York has become under that piece of crap Bill de Blasio. So let's set that aside for a moment. Why did I love it? A lot of this has to do with me and why I'm a bad person. So just let me clarify. I, I love an adventure. I, I am not saying you should be this way. It has gotten me in all kinds of trouble in my life. But I like an adventure. It's why I do crazy things that stress out my poor parents to this day. I, it's why I'll, I'll have a bad year of college. Remember, I went to Montana State University right out of high school and got a 0.0 GPA first semester? Yeah, that was a fun semester. And then, boom, I joined the Marine Corps Infantry without telling anybody. My parents about lost their mind. Uh, it's why I ran for Congress. That's why I moved across the country with no job. I, I, I do. It's why I just quit my job three years ago. I had a great job. I was a sales manager at a huge RV dealership. I just quit. To come try a media career. I, I live my life from my deathbed. This is this is going to pertain to New York here in a second. I live my life from my deathbed. I know I'm going to die one day. I've seen plenty of it. What I don't want to die and have these words. I wish I would have blank on my lips. I don't want to die like that. I want to die having squeezed every drop of juice out of this life I could possibly get out of it. Now, what's that have to do with New York? Well, this is what it has to do with New York. New York's crazy. And again, I'm not talking about New York now. I mean, I mean, let's just pre-COVID. Let's just do pre-COVID New York. New York's crazy. I understand it doesn't look like the suburbs or it doesn't look like Montana where I grew up or it doesn't, but I land in New York city one. So many parts of it are so old and they feel old. I'm a history freak. When you land in New York today, it's the year 2022. You go around certain parts of New York today. You feel like it's 1950. You feel like it's 1960 or earlier there's so much history there. I geek out on it. I want to know where this founder did this here. I want to know what battle took place here. I want to go to this parish that happens to have been standing for 200 years. I think that's cool. I think old is cool. So that's one. Two. Yeah, I realize that he mentioned people don't speak English. I think it's wild how there are so many different parts of New York City. I like Little Italy as much as I enjoy jabbing at Italians. I actually like them a lot and like their food. I like looking at a menu all in Italian. I like hanging out with Puerto Ricans. I like I like the different parts of it, Chinatown. I think it's awesome. I think it feels big and important. And I know that may sound, uh, it may sound snobby. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm not putting it right. I ate it. Um, I had to go do a thing. I forget what it was for. It was a media thing a couple years ago, f- two or three years ago. I had to go up to New York because New York's the media capital of the world. I had to go up to New York and do a media thing. And there's a steakhouse, uh, Del Frisco's, Del Frisco's Steakhouse. It's in Times Square. And I, I I don't know if you've been, but it's it's a two-story one. The bottom floor of it, yeah, I believe it's been a while. I think you can eat there, but the bottom floor is like this high-end bar. You walk in, and it's all these fancy millionaire stockbrokers. I didn't belong in there, drinking, you know, drinking not Jim Beam at the bar. And then you go upstairs, and that's where the dining area of the steakhouse is. And you're sitting there eating a steak Looking out at Times Square with the lights and the crazy people. And no, you may not want to move there. You may not want to live in that exact place. Still cool. It feels big. It feels important. I like the dirt water dogs. I like the sidewalk hot dogs. I enjoy the nuttiness of the whole thing. I think it's awesome. I I. I like the horns. I like how rude everyone is. Doesn't bother me at all because you know I'm naturally rude anyway. I like that you get flipped off just walking down the sidewalk. What uh, One time when I was there, and he may still do this. I don't know. Who knows? One time when I was there, there was a black dude who was shining shoes. And I forget where it was. I forget which street he was on. And his thing was. He would insult you, I mean, in a lighthearted way, but he would insult you on the way by if your shoes looked like crap. And I was wearing my cowboy boots because you know, I live in Texas, so I us wear cowboy boots. And he'll just point out to people walking by, doesn't matter. Sir, come on, look. You, you're better than that. Look at that. That's a disgrace. Freaking hilarious. And he cleans up. I never walk by the guy. If I have 10 bucks, I sit down and get my shoes shined every single time, or at least I did back when he was there. Again, I don't know if he's still there anymore. Where else can you find stuff like that? And I understand that the people that it's, I understand that it's gone downhill. I get that. But what big city hasn't? Chicago sucks now. Chicago is awesome. Chicago was a Seattle. I mean, people make fun of Seattle now because it's a, they're a bunch of loon balls up there and they are, man. Seattle was at one point, maybe the coolest city in America. Seattle was the bomb. San Diego. I have an email here from San Diego. I probably won't be able to find it in time. I'll get to it in a little bit. But a guy's complaining about San Diego, dude. San Diego's paradise. Now they lost their minds. Now and it's nineteen. Remember that guy called in? It's twenty-five dollars or something like that for a cheeseburger, and it's gone downhill, dude. San Diego's so cool. We did uh, when I was in the Marine Corps. We did a St. Patty's Day down in the Gaslamp District of San Diego. It's like it's a, uh, like the party district, Chris. It's like the party party place. Man, what a sweet place. Weather's perfect all the time. Pretty girls falling from trees. It was happening. San Diego's going downhill. The story of America right now, it's not, it's not just a New York thing. The story of America is urban decline. Massive urban decline. So why do I love New York? I mean, look, I, I like it for a lot of reasons. That don't mean I like Kathy Hochul.
2: I know people are tired, but I also will say one thing about the kids. My daughter had a meltdown over having to put sneakers on to go to kindergarten. She got used to wearing sneakers in school. I mean, just they they adapt better than adults do.
1: It's not because of her, obviously. Not because of Bill De Blasio or whatever. I like an adventure in New York City. Is an adventure. Cities can be an adventure. That's what I enjoy. I enjoy it. I've told you, look, I've told you this story before about the ghost story in Charleston, where we where we go on haunted jail tours just to have an adventure. I, I like to have adventures and do crazy things. I think it adds some serious spice to life. That's why I do it. All right. It is an ass Dr. Jesse Friday. There are no phone calls tonight. But you can email the show during the show if you want to email your questions in, or your love, or your hate, or your death threats. Email those to jesse at com. Also, if you miss any part of the show, and I can't imagine you would, the whole thing is available on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes, okay? All right. Now, let's have a talk. Let's have a talk about Chalk. I did that. I did that myself, Chris. No, in all seriousness, you know I love Chalk. C-H-O-Q, an American company, American patriots who don't run ads dumping on this country. They love this country, and they're interested in making sure men remain strong in this country. Now, I've been taking Chalk for over two months now. I take it because they're natural herbal supplements, and I trust these guys implicitly. U.S. manufacturing, all the things important to you, all the things important to me. It's there. Tongkat 100, Chalk Daily, Ashwagandha, these are all things that you should have in your life. And right now they put together a package for you so you don't have to remember all those big words. The male vitality stack at chalk.com, C-H-O-Q.com. Go get the male vitality stack. Use the code JESSE and that actually gets you 30% off so you save a ton of money on it choq.com mail vitality stack, promo code JESSE. Jesse
4: Joe. The Jesse Kelly Show. I've been bad.
3: I've been good. Dallas, Texas. It is
1: the Jesse Kelly Show, and the weekend is here. I mean, this counts as the weekend, Chris. That's why, I mean, I feel like... If this is even possible, give me some honest feedback on this. I feel like I'm even better on Friday, Chris. What? What? I feel like I'm better than normal. This is my, ta- this is my time, Chris. This is my time. Now that the, the elites are, are worried that we don't trust them anymore. Okay? I just played for you that psycho at the World Economic Forum. I just played for you, Governor Kathy Hochul, saying, Oh, kids are resilient. Just wear this. Listen to guys like Bill Gates, and I will tell you, full disclosure, I believe this to be true. I don't know it. I don't have some back information. I certainly can't read minds. I believe Bill Gates has the same basic psychological profile as Mao Zedong and Joseph Stalin. And when I I say that, I really genuinely mean this is the type of person who would put into place policies that would wipe out – millions of people and he wouldn't lose a minute of sleep over it. He would go to bed every single night, comfortable in the knowledge that he was the good guy, just trying to change some things. Listen to this person. Now you tell me,
4: should you trust institutions now? Well, the rich countries uh, have to play a central role, both funding R&D and having policies. In some cases, uh, carbon taxes will be used to drive the demand uh, for these clean products. And only by doing that in an aggressive way will the economic costs be brought down enough. Pause
1: pause real quick, Chris. Carbon taxes in an aggressive way. Just understand what these words mean. We have to take huge industries, industries the world runs on now, Things like oil and coal, those things power the world. And this human being is sitting there in very nice sounding language saying we must attack those industries and wipe them out. Every single person with an oil job, every single person with a coal job, all the jobs connected to that, all the people who rely on the power from those industries, Bill Gates talking about aggressively destroying them without a second Pot, Chris, play it again from the beginning. Play it again and listen to this person. Why wouldn't you distrust this person?
4: Well, the rich countries uh, have to play a central role, both funding R&D and having policies, in some cases, uh, carbon taxes will be used to drive the demand uh, for these clean products. And only by doing that in an aggressive way will the economic costs be brought down enough that we can turn to all the middle income countries uh, and say, "Okay, you know, change your whole cement uh, industry, change your whole steel industry. And yet, you know, it's not holding you back uh, from economic growth. The number of companies working on these things is very exciting and some of them will fail. A lot of them will fail. Uh, But, you know, we only need uh, a reasonable number, a few dozen of them, uh, to make it through. And that's what we have to accelerate.
1: That's what we have to accelerate. This is how, it's important, because I don't want to just pick on Bill Gates, although I can't stand him. You have to understand, this is how the people of the West, the leaders of the West, presidents, billionaires, this is how these people think. They shouldn't have limits on their power. There are things they want done in a society. They should be able to do whatever they want done without these pesky laws and freedoms getting in their way. Why shouldn't I be allowed to point at huge industries and say, No, you're wiped out and you're wiped out? I, the God King Gates, will put in new industries because I rule here. You laugh but that's genuinely how they think. They sit down in front of large groups of people and unironically, not me when I just feel like being a goof, these people unironically refer to
3: themselves as elite. At Davos a few years ago, the Edelman survey showed us that the good news is the elite across the world trust each other more and more. So we can come together and design and do beautiful things together. The bad news is that in every single country they were polling, the majority of people trusted that elite less.
1: They refer to themselves as elite. (laughs) Should you distrust your institutions? You don't have a choice. You better distrust your institutions. Wise one, I believe I heard... That while the new New York City DA is talking about brag, is declining to prosecute violent crimes such as armed robbery, he's going after Donald Trump. The people in positions of power now regularly abuse you, regularly abuse you. They sit in these positions, whether it's president, DA, secretary of state, they sit in these positions. They don't give a second thought to you. They don't give a second thought to their country, to their city. They simply look at their position as a way to advance their power, advance their money, and crush their enemies. That's how these people think. That's what goes through their head. That's, that's why I think something's going to change in this world in the coming years. And I know that sounds dark and I don't have specifics because I don't know. I I genuinely don't know. I feel like there is going to be a turning in the world where, you know, the world's had these kind of turnings before where, well, they, they went through this massive period of time where basically Europe had all these kings and queens and then over a relatively short span of time, they were all gone. That way, that way of government got purged. Because there had been so much lost trust, people stopped, they stopped relying on the institutions, they pushed back, the institutions got taken down. It feels as if we are on the verge of another one of those. Golly. And do I think that's going to be a pretty, comfortable, nonviolent process? No, I'm not naive. I, I think it'll be terrible. I think it'll be dreadful. It's not going to be stuff you enjoy watching on the news. And don't think you're just going to start purging these institutions and they're going to go quietly into the night. Believe me, they're going to make you feel it on the way out the door. But that's what it feels like's happening right now in this world. Gosh, this got dark, Chris. Did it get too dark for a Friday? It did Oh man! It te- Let's find Chris. Look, someone wants to know about history and, and teaching people history and talking about history stuff. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that. We have a lot of lighthearted stuff. I'm a, Chris. I'm a lighthearted person and a big-hearted person, Chris. <laughs> I am. All right. You know, we're gonna talk about history a little bit. Coming up in just a second here on the world famous Jesse Kelly show, Chris. But look, I, look. But I still sleep good at night. Thanks to my pillow, Chris. <laughs> no, but I do. The stuff's incredible. And have you heard about their My Slippers? Right now, My Slippers are 50% off. But honestly, even if they weren't, even if they weren't 50% off, you should go get some My Slippers. You can wear them inside and out. And Mike Lindell, he didn't just throw together some slippers and then, oh, let's throw them on the website. I, I bet you they'll sell. These are the most comfortable things I've ever put on. My wife never takes them off. Again, indoor, outdoor, and they are 50% off. You have to go to MyPillow.com and use the code JESSE and you get my slippers for 50% off. And they have a ton of overstock sale items to select pillows, towels, sheets, and more for a limited time. Go to MyPillow.com, use the promo code JESSE. Enjoy. jesse kelly's show on an ass dr jesse friday i'm gonna get to your emails here in just a second just, just one last thing here i mean you tell me should you trust your institutions here's
2: your fbi uh... we we, we do believe from our engagement with this subject that he was singularly focused on one issue uh, and it was not specifically related to the jewish community uh... but we're continuing to work to find motive and, and we will continue on that path
1: Trust them if you want. That's up to you. Let's get to your emails. That's enough. Jesse, I love learning. I love learning of history. We are going to be moving to homeschooling. By the way, that's freaking awesome. Good for you. Good for you homeschooling those kids. How do I make it easy and fun to teach my kids true history? There's a lot out there. Would you recommend anything? All right. I have recommendations that I give out as soon as I get them. All right. Whenever I come across something, especially for parents, I I I don't hold anything back from you. I give it to you, but I, I mean, let me say this: your love of history is enough because that's going to come through. I mean, people love when I talk history on the show, and they loved when I used to do a history hour. And the history podcasts are coming back soon. New, we get in the new studio, and the next week, and stuff like that. So you're going to be getting it, and people people love that. You know why you love it? It's not because of me. It's just because I love history. I love it. You can hear it. So because I love it so much, it comes through and it, it makes the story better because I'm geeking out while you're geeking out on it. We're geeking out together. That's going to come across when you teach your kids. Uh, I've said this before. This very much applies to history. Yes, we're nerds. Chris, up yours. Uh, yes, this applies to history, but it applies to uh, to everything. People want to know, well, how do you tell stories? How do I figure out how to tell stories? How do I tell a history story so my kids will enjoy it? The fact you ask the question already means they're going to enjoy it because there are two different types of storytellers out there. One is very good, and one is crap. The crappy one, sadly, is the most common. You know what those people are? They're the people who talk over everyone's head because they don't want you to listen to the story and feel the story and enjoy the story. You know what they want you to do? They want you to listen and say, oh, he's so smart. They want to sound smart. You can tell a story that someone will be interested in and someone will learn from, or you can tell a story to make yourself sound smart. You cannot do both. And it's so easy to make yourself sound smart and talk over everyone's head, too. If I go home tonight, if I go home tonight and I spend, and I've done this, you know, I've done this plenty, and I go home and I spend four or five hours on uh, the Boxer Rebellion in China, I go home spend four or five hours on that tonight, take a bunch of notes, documentaries, maybe I get a book, geek out on that, you're not going to do that tonight. You're going to go do something else. I'll show I could show up on Monday and talk over everybody's head about the Boxer Rebellion and use a bunch of names and locations and words you don't understand so I could so you can sit back and go, "Wow, look how smart Jesse is." Does that put you in the story? Does it help you at all? If you're telling a story, just try to put them in the story. And that's all history is anyway, right? It's just a study of human nature. That was a long way of saying your kids are going to love your history stories. I mean, I didn't fall in love with history. I liked it. I didn't fall in love with history until the sixth grade. Why? Because I had a whole bunch of history teachers before that would talk like this and George Washington. And, and then all of a sudden I walk into class in the sixth grade And there's this big football coach up there, and he's teaching the class, and he carries around this long stick, and he's yelling and screaming the whole class, and the Spartans would take a spear and stab him in the face. And I'm sitting in class going, oh my gosh, history's sweet. I had no idea. What was the difference? He loved it. He wasn't there for a paycheck. He loved it. You're going to be fine. Mr. Kelly, Biden said any invasion of Putin would come with an economic response. This sounds so gay, I hate repeating it. Here is my question. What would President Kelly do with this situation? I know the answer, but need to laugh. Here's the thing. If I was in a foxhole or tractor with you, I would go out of my way to kill some people that confronted us. (laughs) Well, thanks, bud. Um, All right. Well, again, this is what Joe Biden initially said and then has had to walk back since then several times about Russia and Ukraine.
2: So I think what you're going to see is that it, Russia will be held accountable if it invades. And it depends on what it does. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion and then we end up having a fight about what to do and not do, etc.
1: Okay, obviously not ideal. But honestly, what, what would I do that you're not going to actually like it? Nothing. Why do I care about Ukraine? And let me, let me ask you something else, and I, I really genuinely mean this. What do I have against Russia? Now, you can say oh, Vladimir Putin's a, a dictator. He has political prisoners. We have political prisoners. We have political prisoners rotting in a D.C. jail in terrible conditions, some of them declining rapidly medically. They've been in that jail for over a year. Well, because we put fancy words on it? It, You want want to change the meaning of it? We have political prisoners. Now, that's not an anti-America thing, but why am I supposed to care that Russia is going to gobble up potentially a satellite country for them? It's not like Ukraine are some stalwart allies of ours. It's not like Ukraine has ever done anything to help us out at all. It's not like Ukraine is some clean country, just a bunch of freedom fighters. Ukraine's one of the most corrupt countries in the world. Now, I realize this sounds cold, but again, why should I give a crap what Vladimir Putin does over there? I don't care. I don't care. As long as Vladimir Putin is not getting involved in my country's economics, as long as he's not trying to throw his weight around the things my country cares about, Why would I care? Why would I waste a drop of American blood or a dime of American money on Ukraine? And I know, I know, because Americans understandably have this Russia thing where they hate it. That's that's an understandable thing because they were our arch enemy forever. There's nothing bad you're going to say about the Soviet Union that I would not agree with. But the Soviet Union is gone. The Soviet Union is no, no longer a communist country. They went from communism; they tried to do capitalism. It's actually a fascinating story. If you ever, uh, interesting book you might want to read on it. I think it's called "Once Upon a Time in Russia," if I remember right. Well, Chris looked that up. I think that's the name of the book. "Once Upon a Time in in Russia." It lays out what happened: the, the communism they it fell, and then they tried to move into capitalism. But instead, they ended up with a, with a corporate oligarchy, just a bunch of rich guys. That's what it's called, Chris, Once Upon a Time in Russia. I haven't read it in a while, but it's a fascinating book. And so all of a sudden, a bunch of rich guys just bought all the industry in the country. And then Vladimir Putin rises to power, and he takes all the rich guys. And there's, and there's actually a really cool story in the book. He takes them to like this secret bunker with all these scary KGB guys around him and says, basically says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to murder any one of you who stands against me, so mind your P's and Q's. And he does. He goes on to murder a bunch of them, but he seizes control of the country. It's a country run by a dictator, a strongman. I don't want that form of government. I'm not a big Vladimir Putin fan. I don't have some special affinity to Russia, but why does that make him our enemy anymore? China. Now, that's a different story. China's actively trying to undermine us and destroy us at every single turn. Even if I don't love Russia, which I don't love Russia, obviously. Why would I give a crap about Ukraine? I, I, I know that's not the answer you're supposed to give. I know you're supposed to be raw, raw. Let's, uh, let's nuke them. Why? Why? We are 29, 29, $29 trillion in debt. We don't have the money to just go throwing our weight around the world right now. Inflation through the roof, wide open southern border, We've got all kinds of problems here on the home front. Ukraine, best of luck to you. Honestly, good luck. Hope you give as good as you get. But I ain't coming. And that's another thing, and too. And this is, this is, I'm really, really big on this. I do not ever, I do not ever, ever, ever support armed conflict if I won't be getting shot at or my sons won't be getting shot at. I ain't joining to go fight for Ukraine. And you know what? My son's my oldest son's 13. Let's say that thing kicks off and lasts a few years. What if he gets to be 18? Would I want my son going over there to fight and die for Ukraine? Nope. And so because I'm not going and because I wouldn't send my sons over there, I'm not going to volunteer someone else's son to go die for us. I hate that chicken hawk crap. I hate it. All right. We have some COVID stories. We have some, who's the biggest scumbag in Washington, D.C.? What's the biggest scandal family there is? This is a fascinating question. We'll get to that here in just a second. But first, you know your home smells, and I'm not insulting you. I know you keep a clean home, but time is what it is. Over time, the cooking you do in your home, the pets in your home, the people in your home, They put out smells. Those smells soak into the paint. They soak into the carpet. Your home has a smell. You know Eden Pure Thunderstorm cleans your air? It doesn't cover up the odors. It's not that weird oil thing you have plugged into the wall. It actually cleans your air. You can taste the difference in your air a couple hours after you plug in your Eden Pure Thunderstorm. I don't own one. I own three of them. I own three of them for a reason. I have one where I sleep, one where my boys sleep, and one in the living room. I love it. Oh, and not to mention, I don't have to take allergy medication ever again because of this thing. I swear the thing is a miracle. You can own three as well. They have a deal right now at EdenPureDeals.com when you use the code JESSE3. That's Jesse in the number three. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE3. Save
4: $200. Missed out? Catch up. Jessekellyshow.com.
1: Keep on me, baby. It is the Keep Jesse Kelly rockin Show. Me, Chris asked me during the break, he said, should we be friendly with Russia? I don't know. But I, I just have this policy, especially when it comes to foreign policy. I prefer to be friendly with everyone who's not hostile to me. I don't think we have to have this hostile relationship with them. No, I I realize Vladimir Putin's a bad guy. I, I, I get it. There are bad guys all over the place. Our president's a bad guy. Joe Biden's a jerk. Joe Biden's been a jerk for a long time. Joe Biden pointed at America's healthcare workers, the unvaccinated ones, and told them all, you're fired. Joe Biden fired every unvaccinated healthcare worker pretty much in America. Joe Biden's a jerk. Okay, still the president.
2: Still the president.
1: I mean, listen, listen to this guy. Vladimir Putin's a bad guy. Yeah,
2: I know. Uh, what do you think our
1: president is?
2: No, uh, I didn't say that. Look what I said. Go back and read what I said.
1: That's the president lying. That's the president belittling some reporter. Are, okay, the world's run by jerks. Your favorite football coach is probably a jerk. I'm a jerk. You're listening to me. I'm a jerk. I don't know that I would say. I don't. Th- I don't know that we need to be best friends, but I don't know that we need to be enemies is a different story. Like I said, China's openly hostile to us. China has spies, corporate spies, and other spies all throughout this country. China has Confucius Institutes on our college campuses teaching Americans to hate America and love China. China is bad. China is the evil empire out there right now. Vladimir Putin? Okay. I've, okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I can read this guy's name. Remember, unless you tell me to read your name, I never read your name. Even on the death threats you send in, I'm the last private person on the planet. I do not read your name. So I'm going to skip over your name. Says he's a registered uh, Republican, 30 years of age, big fan of your show. I recall a segment you did a while back ranking the three governors to see who was awarded the worst governor in America. I actually did that one on my TV show. Remember, I have a TV show every night on the first TV, 9 p.m. Eastern. I have one this week on big tech. I did a special this week on big tech. I'm telling you, we, we forget about big tech and how evil they are and how invested they are in destroying you and me. It's, it's funny. Anyway, moving on. You did this by listing various bad decisions they made and the downright awful actions they partook in. I was fixated on the television while watching that. That's just because I was on the television. What, Chris? Who is the most corrupt family that has been to the White House? Is it the Clintons or the Bidens? Both really take the cake of being corrupt, but has Hunter Biden managed to outdo Hillary? And has Sleepy Joe partaken in worse scandals behind the scenes than Bill Clinton? By digging into the history of both families, you, Jesse Kelly, could uncover the truth and reveal the most corrupt White House family in history. Sincerely, a devoted viewer who knows you are right. <sighs> All right, let's, let's get something out here. I don't know that anyone can top the Clintons on naked corruption. I'm going to add something else in here. The Clintons were just some corrupt family from Arkansas. And actually, I have, I have information here that I'm not totally at liberty to share, but I will, I will simply say this. When the Clintons were running things in Arkansas, it was known, don't cross the Clintons. They were known back then to be, I mean, a corrupt, almost like a mob family. That's really what they were. They just ran their business in that way. When they got to Washington, D.C., they just simply nationalized that. I forget what the numbers are. I'm doing this off the top of my head, but I forget. Someone ran the numbers one time on Bill Clinton's net worth before he was in the White House and then when he left the White House, and it's just staggering the difference in it. And when you study the Clintons and you study the way they weaponize the forces of government against all their enemies— That's unique. And then it's not like they stopped. Remember when – I still can't wrap my mind around this. Remember when they left the White House? Hillary becomes Secretary of State, and as Secretary of State, she's bouncing around the world talking to all these foreign leaders And the Clinton Foundation is taking in these gigantic foreign donations while she's Secretary of State, and no one can seem to work out where the money goes at the Clinton Foundation. I mean, the Clintons Clintons are the OG of corruption, all right? So that's one. Two, I know what you're saying about Bidens. This I do know, and this I can flat out tell you for a fact, the Bidens admire the corruption of the Clintons and they try to copy it. The Bidens are a carbon copy of the Clintons trying to do what the Clintons did, turn the job of being a politician into a very profitable job. So that's one. But there's something, there's something I don't think you're thinking about. And and, and this goes by a lot of people. You don't realize the corruption of the Obamas. People got so inundated with this, uh, this media fairy tale that scandal-free, no scandals, the scandal-free Obamas, that a part of the American public almost started to believe it. The Obamas are dirty, but they don't appear as dirty as everyone else because we are in, sadly, we're in a state where society has declined to the point where it's institutionalized dirtiness. Do you realize you realize what a big deal it is. Okay, we have an IRS. You know you obviously know what the IRS is. I'm not going to insult your intelligence. The IRS is in charge of collecting tax revenue and tax status of people and going after people. You realize the head of Barack Obama's IRS attacked his political enemies? Lois Lerner, do you forget about that? Lois Lerner she used her position as the head of America's tax collection arm to attack the enemies of Barack Obama. We just kind of slough that off because we've gotten used to that. That's third world country stuff. That's, that's next level. I think people forget about what a big deal that is. We, we're so jaded now to the fact these people are so corrupt and terrible. We just kind of shrug that off. Oh, yeah, I forgot Lois Lerner. Uh, that's a big deal. That's a really big deal. Oh, and one more thing. There's something else I think we forget about Barack Obama. And when I lay this out for you again, I think it just might wake you up to the fact the Obamas probably have the Clintons and the Bidens maybe combined. Hang on. just said Led Zeppelin was overhyped during the break. This is, this will be Chris's last day on the show, so everyone write in and, and say goodbye to Chris. No, no, in all seriousness, if if you would like to let Chris know what you think of Led Zeppelin, all the emails go right to him, remember? Jesse at jessecallyshow.com. Your love, your hate, your death threats, your ask Dr. Jesse questions. Back to the Obamas. The guy was asking, are the Clintons more corrupt than the Bidens? Are we forgetting what Barack Obama's FBI did? I, I just want to make sure, I know you know, but let's just make sure we all lay this out again. Under President Barack Obama, his Federal Bureau of Investigation, they took a dossier created by the Hillary Clinton campaign. They knew it was bad. They changed information on it, and they brought it down to the FISA Court so they could get permission, To spy on his political opponent. To spy on Trump's campaign. And we have text messages from the FBI saying Obama wants to know everything we're doing. Barack Obama presided over the Federal Bureau of Investigation lying to get a warrant to spy on his political opponent. That is staggering absolutely staggering levels of third-world corruption, and they just somehow, I mean, the family is Teflon. People think the Clintons are Teflon. Everyone knows the Clintons are dirty. I mean, Democrats know the Clintons are dirty. They've probably killed people. But for some reason, never comes up with Obama. Never, hardly ever comes up at all. Uh, Bad as the Clintons were, to my knowledge, they didn't sick the FBI on George W. Bush. What, Chris? No, I don't think that's it. Chris said it's probably because the Obama's black thing. You can't attack him or you're racist. They tried that. That didn't stick. They they tried that as a shield to people. Oh, this is all race driven. They tried it for eight years. That never worked. That, that's just, the word racist in this country has lost all meaning. The the communists have destroyed it. It doesn't have any impact anymore because they abused it so much. And people don't want to admit this publicly. I'm the only one offensive enough to just go ahead and admit this publicly Everyone rolls their eyes when they hear racist now. Oh, that's racist. Everyone, 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 myself included. Everyone goes, oh, brother, here we go again. Even if it's legit because the word has been so abused. No one, no one pays it any mind now. Dr. Jesse, you're the leader of an international ring of world-class thieves. What do you steal for the crime of the century? What job would you delegate for yourself and everyone you recruit I know BK would be down. Obviously, Chris will launder the money. I'll volunteer as a getaway driver. (sighs) I'm going to have to be the driver. No, no, let me... I'll get to the item here in a moment, okay? You know how humble the Shogun is. You know how humble me, Jesse the Oracle Kelly, is. You know that I'm... reluctantly, I've told you I'm a top five napper in the world. I just nap on a dime. You know, I've told you, I was humble about this, but it's true that I'm the menu whisperer. I can walk in any restaurant without ever having eaten there before, and I just can instinctively find the best thing on the menu every single time. If If you ever find yourself dining with me, just order what I order. And I tell people this when I go out to eat. I said, you're all making a mistake. Just order what I order. You know what? They tell me I'm right almost every single time, so you know that. So, with with that humility in mind, I want you to understand something. I'm an incredible driver. I don't don't Chris. No, I'm an incredible driver. My reflexes are on point. I could I, I I can see the drivers ahead of me. I'm paying attention. I'm I'm checking my. Me- I am the transporter, Chris. Yes, I am. I'm basically that guy, pretty much. I am the transporter. I'm an excellent driver. I need to be the getaway getaway driver. Plus, if it goes wrong and you guys get busted, I can take off and then I won't go to prison. You'll need me there. What, Chris? Then I can bet. No, I'm not going to leave. I'm going to bail people out of jail when the time comes before they have a chance to Jeffrey Epstein, all you people. As far as what I would steal, <sighs> hear me out. I would steal the Statue of Liberty. Hear me out. Imagine the shock on everyone's face if they woke up in the morning and the Statue of Liberty was gone. And you can say, oh, Jesse, you'd never be able to hide it. Do you have any idea how big this earth is? How many mountain ranges there are out there? You could stash that thing away easily. I would have a big robber compound with me and all the other robber guys. We wouldn't allow any women there. We don't want it to get annoying. But we would have the Statue of Liberty out in the front lawn of the robber compound in the mountains, Chris. That's epic. What What would you, what would you steal? Probably jewelry or something. What a shock. Chris would steal the British royal scepter. Why? What, who even cares about that? I understand it has a big diamond. You know, everything isn't dollars and cents, Chris. For Pete's sake. It was supposed to be a cool exercise. If I if I wanted to steal just for money, I'd go to Fort Knox and steal all the all the gold. I've watched James Bond. I've watched Goldfinger. I know how to pull that off too. Mr. Oracle, I'm a I feel a little surprised you fell for the oldest trick in the book. Chris played you like a fiddle, acting like he doesn't know the difference between a filet and ribeye just to get you to buy him a steak dinner. Millions of people heard it, so now you can't back out. Well played, Chris. (laughs) He says I can say his name. His name is Eric, in case you missed it. Chris acted last night like he didn't know the difference between a filet and a ribeye, and then he tried to claim he's not that into steak. What a loser. What a liar and a loser. And now I have to buy him a steak to try to educate him on exactly what's what. If you, if you, miss, if you miss any part of the show tonight or miss last night's show with all that idiocy, you can get the whole thing on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. Chris, I want you to play this one more time here. Well, I might have you play it again and again because the next question is going to apply to this. Trusting the elites, trusting your institutions.
3: At Davos a few years ago, you know, the Edelman survey showed us that the good news is the elites across the world trust each other more and more so we can come together and design and do beautiful things together. The bad news is that in every single country they were polling... The majority of people trusted that elite less.
1: Jesse, I always catch your shows a day or two late, and I heard you talk about how the communists are always prepared to destroy anybody that get in their way. Immediately after listening to your podcast, I was browsing around and saw an article about the FBI searching the home of Representative Henry Cuellar at his home in Laredo, Texas. I'm not a fan of any communists at all but Quaylor has been an outspoken critic of the Biden administration and their handling of the border crisis. I don't know. He said by the way my dad absolutely loves your show, never misses a single one, so if you could please give a shout out to No in Floresville, Texas. He'd really love that. Well, there's a shout out to you, No. Thank you for listening. He he would really love that. Simplify. Semper Fi. Simplify, Semper Fi, my brother. And his name is Eddie. I don't know the details. Of why Representative Quaylear got a visit from the FBI. Apparently, they hauled a bunch of boxes and bags out of his home. I saw this too. So who knows? But I will tell you this: I had the exact same thought. I saw the FBI. I wanted to see. Whoa! whoa they're they're actually busting a congressman. They're they're busting a Democrat congressman. Oh, oh! They're busting a Democrat congressman who criticizes Joe Biden all the time. And this is what I mean about trusting or not trusting your institutions i mean that could be totally legit for all i know they just hauled a a, a ton of meth or something out of his house i I don't know what they hauled out of there it could be totally legit but i had the same thought you thought i had the same thought that so many of you thought oh well the fbi is just screwing him over because he's an enemy of Joe Biden. we've already lost trust in our institutions that's why I feel there's a change coming in the world in the coming years, a, 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 a gigantic world-changing changes. I don't know if that sentence makes sense, Chris, but it made sense in my head. I think it was pretty on point. I'm, look, I'm pretty educated, all right? <laughs> look, I, it's, it's part of the reason I tell you I, I've actually ramped up. I'm not going to be that guy, but I've actually ramped up my workout regimen recently. I've ramped it up with the intention of being stronger because I feel like we need to be stronger in the times that are coming. That's why I tell you about chalk all the time. C-H-O-Q, you know, the natural herbal supplements, get your testosterone levels up there, fellas, your mood, your energy, every bit of it, your focus, chalk daily, Toncat 100, ashwagandha. I don't say that just for fun. We have got to be strong in the coming days. And in case you're curious, I know there's a lot of words that I throw out there when I talk about Chalk, C-H-O-Q. They actually did something really cool. They made it easier. If you go to Chalk.com, o qcom just get the male vitality stack, S-T-A-Q, male vitality stack. They have it right now for my listeners, 30% off. Chalk.com, dot qcom male vitality stack. Just use the code Jesse and you get 30% off. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. It is the Jesse Kelly show. And look, I, I, I don't want to be doomsday guy. I'm going to get back to my Ask Dr. Jesse questions. But why do you think I tell you about Oxford Gold all the time, too? I tell you that for a reason. I, I don't know what the coming times are going to be. I don't. But I'll, I'll tell you something. I do know this. Uh, gold has had value since, well, forever. People have killed for it forever. That gold Oxford gold group delivers to your front door. It will always have value no matter what happens with inflation or hyperinflation next year or whatnot. Just, just take care of yourself and watch out for yourself. All right. Tell Oxford. Jesse told you to call when you call them to eight, three, three, nine, nine, five gold Oxford gold group. They will deliver gold to your front door. 833 995 Gold, tell them Jesse told you to call, right? Just, just watch out for yourself. And look, it goes well beyond, it goes beyond gold. It goes beyond making sure you're strong. I do believe we need to take some steps. See, I've been talking to Tucker too much lately. Tucker and I, we geek out on this kind of stuff. Some steps to make sure you're good no matter what. Do you have clean water? Oh, I got bottles of water. Do you have a way to make clean water? What if someone else stops making it for you? Uh, just little things. nothing. I'm not telling you to build a bunker, although that would be sweet. If you build a sweet bunker, invite us down. What? Chris we'll do a show from there. It would be awesome. I want I don't know how we would do it. Can't you technical people set up some stuff and plug stuff in? Whatever. Make sure you make sure you have some food. make sure you have some water. Make sure you have some ammo. No, you don't have to make sure you're a Navy seal. Make sure you have some basic things. Uh, I don't know what your financial situation is. Little cash. Maybe that's a hundred dollar bill. Uh, Maybe you're doing pretty well, and you want a, a grand or two laying around, or something like that. Gold, like I said, always has value. Just make sure you're watching yourself. My 15 year old son told me recently when he was in the eighth grade, his social studies teacher, who he knows is a Democrat, which is ridiculous. Kids, kids, teachers should keep out of politics, or should keep politics out of the classroom. But his teacher lied to the class by telling them the Republican Party started the KKK. I'd like to hear you do a history lesson on the truth of the Democratic Party and how Lincoln was a Republican and what the Southern Democratic Party did to our country. All right. I need to address something here. Teachers should keep politics out of the classroom. That's a lie. That's loser talk. And I'm not trying to insult you, but hear, hear me out. You'll hear people say that a lot on the right. Teachers are not robots. Teachers are human beings. Even if the teacher is trying to keep politics out of the classroom, their politics are eventually going to shine through. I knew every one of my teachers who was a Democrat when I was in school, whether they were overt about it or not, the way they talk about things, the way they reference things, it's not hard to figure it out. We don't want teachers to Keep politics out of the classroom. Your kids are going to be influenced. Your kids are going to be, for lack of a better word, indoctrinated. They are. They should be influenced and indoctrinated by people who share and push your values. We should have a pro-America curriculum in the classroom, one that talks about freedom, why liberty's important, why limited government's important. We should have teachers in the classroom talking all the time about the evils of communism and socialism and collectivism. I don't want my sons having a teacher that keeps politics out of it because I know politics are going to be in it no matter what. I want my values taught to my children. That's why I tell you all the time about, and I struggle with this too, about being more purposeful with making sure our kids have the values we want politically too. It's not just about yes ma'am and no sure and a firm handshake and look them in the eye and speak up and and that stuff's important. Are your kids going to leave your home at 18 and understand why freedom is important? Are they going to understand How evil communism really is? Are they? I don't know. I don't know. I I, I need to make sure mine are. And I tell you, just, just being honest with you, I don't feel like I've done, I mean, I haven't been neglectful of it, but I don't feel like I've been great at it. I need to do better. I need to be better. This world is occupied by evil men. Is your child going to be ready to take them on? This world is now led by evil men. Is your child going to be mentally equipped to
4: hear things like this and combat it? Well, the rich countries uh, have to play a central role, both funding R&D and having policies. In some cases, uh, carbon taxes will be used to drive the demand uh, for these clean products. And only by doing that in an aggressive way will the economic costs be brought down enough that we can turn to all the middle-income countries uh, and say, "Okay, you know, change your whole cement uh, industry, change your whole steel industry, and yet, you know, it's not holding you back uh, from economic growth." The number of companies working on these things is very exciting. And some of them will fail. A lot of them will fail. Uh, but, you know, we only need uh, a reasonable number, a few dozen of them, uh, to make it through. And that's what we have to accelerate.
1: Is your child ready mentally to take that on? I want teachers who will teach kids actively about America. Remember when Yuri Bezmenov, remember that, that clip we said, Chris, grab that clip if you don't mind, because I'm going to play it for you as soon as I get a chance to. I may run out of time here this hour. If, if I do run out of time, I'm going to play it in a couple minutes. Remember when he talks about how the communists got here and how they infected our education system and they started teaching about the values of, of collectivism and socialism and communism. But what he mentions in there, and we played this for you a bunch, he mentions they it, it, it never got counteracted it was never combated with American this pro-America that
0: demoralization it takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation why that many years because this is the minimum number of years which requires to uh, educate one generation of students in the country of, of of your enemy exposed to the ideology of the enemy in other words Marxism Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of Americanism, American patriotism.
1: Without being challenged by the basic values of Americanism, one of the greatest wins for the communist was not just taking over the education of your children, of our children. One of the greatest wins of the communist was convincing American parents on the right that there shouldn't be any politics in school oh yes there should they should be your politics your values should be taught in schools well i just i i just want to keep politics out of it i understand where your heart is and your heart's in the right place that is a fairy tale world i want it to rain sour patch kids tonight so i can run outside with my hat and collect them and eat them all but i have to exist here in the real world it's going to rain rain tonight Let's exist in the real world. One more hour. Ask Dr. Jesse questions. Hang on. Jesse Kelly show final hour of the Jesse Kelly show on an ask Dr. Jesse Friday. I just uh, said, <laughs> look, people keep bringing up Joe Biden in Russia. And what do we think he's trying to intentionally be provocative there? Why do we care about Russia? What remember what I said? Remember what I said last night about this whole thing about going to war for popularity points. I've been talking, talking about this all week. You can, you can write this kind of stuff off, but the email says, Jesse, what are the odds the Biden administration will propagate a war with China and Ukraine in an attempt to create a smokescreen to disguise their arrogance, ignorance, and incompetence? And the first reaction you have to something like that is probably similar to the reaction I would have. Oh, this isn't the movies, idiot. The, don't be a moron. Don't be a conspiracy theorist. He's not going to start a war for political problems. Have you read any history? you have any idea how many kings, emperors, prime ministers, presidents have started wars because they weren't doing that well domestically? I mean, Julius Caesar himself, when he got assassinated... He got assassinated at a time when his popularity was actually cratering. Do you know what he was preparing to do in response to his popularity cratering? He was going to go to war with the Parthians. He was preparing to war. It was just simply known in Roman circles, hey, I mean, if the people are mad. Let's go to war. Everyone gets behind you when there's a war. There's, a, there's that feeling of patriotism, of waving the flag and... Look, I'm not saying that's what's happening, but I'm certainly not going to call the guy a nutter. It's not at all outside the realm of possibility. I'll tell you that much. That's how they operate. And that is how they operate. We have a Biden administration. What have we been talking about for a long time? I'm going to get back to your questions in a second. We have an administration cratering in popularity. They see the poll numbers. They can read. They understand they're on the verge of getting their party annihilated in the midterms and then being basically unelectable for 2024. That's how unpopular Joe Biden has been in a relatively short amount of time. These people are not the type of people who face that and look around and say, oh, well, we tried. Maybe next. Time. They don't think like that. Yeah, I'm worried about it. I am. Oh, great menu whisperer. I'm a red-blooded American carnivore and my wife of 10 years is a smoking hot dime who is an awesome cook and keeps an immaculate home. But she insists on putting peas in my mac and cheese. Ah. My question is, should I divorce her? The fate of the free world rests on your answer. I can say his name. His name is uh, pronounced with an A, not an E. Leif is his name. Okay, his name is Leif. All right, look. If you got a dime who can cook, you got to hang on to her. Maybe some counseling. If you're putting peas in Mac and cheese, you definitely need to go see somebody. The only thing that goes in Mac and cheese is wieners. You know what? No, I take that back. Wieners go in Mac and cheese. Bacon goes in Mac and cheese. What? Cause you don't put weenies in your Mac and cheese. What's wrong? You could use the Hebrew national ones or whatever you people eat. You know what? Never mind. You put wiener's, bacon in your mac and cheese. I've been doing that a lot lately. I make some bacon just to make it healthier. I make some bacon on the side and then I drop it in my craft mac. Uh jalapeños. Don't be afraid to put some diced jalapeños in that mac and cheese. Really really adds to it. Really. Look, I'm a, I'm what you might call a craft mac expert, all right? Hey there. My question for you is with With all that's going on today, I am so shocked that we still do not know how many licks it takes to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. Who knows what we will be able to accomplish with that kind of knowledge. What are your thoughts, comments, and concerns? I mean, I suppose it just depends on who's doing the licking. Your shows are capped off with two words that sounded familiar to me used at the end of a speech. The other night I was watching Patton for the umpteenth time, Patton ended his speech to his soldiers with, that's all. I know you're a sponge for history movies. I'm guessing you grabbed it from Patton if, in fact, that was how he ended that speech or the writer added it in. I'd like to think you did. Seems fitting coming from you. An oracle like Patton. Yes, that's absolutely why I end my show every single night by saying that's all. 100%. Hitler was a war hero. Well, Jesse, you like history, right? Here are a few tidbits for you. Hitler's commanding officer was Jewish. The founder of the Green Berets was Jew. Was a Jew. The highest-ranking American to die in battle during World War II, General Maurice Rose, yes, you guessed it, Jew, leader of the Spearhead Division. So give us people some props and leave Chris alone. <laughs> he said, great show. <laughs> Wait a minute. When did I say Jews weren't fighters? That's not what I said. That's the exact opposite of what I said. Chris, you know, remember that story we did one time on Masada? Remember how sick that was? If you don't know the story of Masada, I'm not going to – gosh, I don't want to go into this now. All right, I'm going to give you a little brief one. All right, dang it, I get sidetracked. All right, here's a little, here's a little history for you. <laughs> you know the Jews were eventually welcomed back into Jerusalem after that. I'm not talking about modern times. I'm talking ancient, older times. We're talking Roman times. We're eventually brought back into Jerusalem with, uh, by the uh, uh, Persians and whatnot. The Jews get back home. Jews are doing their thing, and then the Romans come a knocking. Specifically, actually, it was Pompey Magnus who came a knocking. so it wasn't just like you got any Roman. You had to get one of the great Roman generals of all time who came in and said, I like it here. I think it's ours now. And then the Romans occupied Jerusalem. Well, the Romans are historically... Remember, the Romans, obviously a very harsh people but could be very, very, very lax with places they colonized. Rome really didn't ask for much. They yeah, they would demand soldiers when they went to war. They demand you pay your taxes. But for the most part, Rome kind of let you do your thing as long as it didn't in any way stand in the way of their thing. And a lot of this is this this wasn't universal. A lot of the Jews in Rome at that time were really fine with that. They were very, very fine with that. A lot of them were not. Yes, Chris, in case you're wondering, you can play that movie clip you love because it's freaking hysterical. Go ahead. They
2: bled us white, bastards. They've taken everything we had. And not just from us, from our fathers and from our fathers' fathers. And what have they ever given us in return? The aqueduct. What? The aqueduct. Oh, yeah, yeah, they did give us that, that's true, yeah. And the sanitation. Oh, yeah, the sanitation, Reg. Remember what the city used to be like. Yeah, all right, I'll grant you, the aqueduct and the sanitation are two things the Romans have done. And the roads. (laughs) Well, yeah, obviously the roads. I mean, the roads go without sand, don't they? But apart from the sanitation, the aqueduct and the roads... Irrigation, medicine, medicine. education. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, all right, fair enough. And the wine. Yeah, yeah, that's something we'd really miss, Reg, if the Romans left. <laughs> public baths. And it's safe to walk in the streets at night now, Reg. Yeah, they certainly like to keep order.
0: Let's face it, the only ones who could in a place like this.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, but apart from the sanitation, the medicine, education, wine, public order, irrigation, roads, a fresh water system and public health, what have the Romans ever done for us? Brought peace?
4: Oh, peace!
1: Shut up! <laughs> that's that's from Life of Brian, by the way, in case you're curious. Okay, so anyway, back to, back to my history story. The Romans, of course, took over Israel, Jerusalem. And a lot of the Jews were okay going along with the program of, okay, whatever, we'll pay our taxes. They didn't remember, they didn't care that you practiced Judaism there. That just was not a big deal. Some of the Jews, not so much. Some of the Jews really began to chafe under this feeling of Roman rule. And it's not exactly news. Jews feel a a God-like tie to that area. They feel like it is theirs from God, understandably, right? So they don't want the Romans there. They don't want them there at all. They feel like they, the Jews, should be kicking the Romans out so they can rule it alone. It's actually a really great story if you want to go through the whole history of it. But the Jews just began rebelling all over the place. And I don't mean tiny little street mobs. Uh, They took tens of thousands of Roman soldiers with them, forming armies, Rebel. I mean, they really made a name for themselves. At one point in time, there were these guys called the Zealots. When you look at how they conducted themselves, you'd probably call them terrorists today they, when I say terrorists, I mean they would go down, if you were a rabbi and you were a little too nice to the Romans, nicer than they thought you should be, they'd just slip a dagger into your ribs in the middle of the street and leave you laying there. That was what they, they were that adamant about, we want the Romans out of here. Now that obviously doesn't make them sound like the best people in the world. You can make, I don't make judgments on that. I'm just telling you how it worked. But at some point in time, the Romans had had about enough of this crap. And they sent a general down there to handle these daggone zealots who were becoming a problem, which brings us to one of the cooler fort stories ever, which I'm going to have to give to you in just a second. Just hang on. Just hang with me for a second. Where are you sending your cell phone money every month? I'm never going to judge you. I've had Verizon. That was actually where I started. I've had AT&T. The last one I had before before I switched to Pure Talk was T-Mobile. So I've I've looked I've thrown plenty of money at those companies. Those companies hate us. You don't believe me? Go go do a search online for the ads those companies run. They despise your values. You never see those ads from Pure Talk. Pure Talk, CEO's a Vietnam veteran. They love America so much. They've chosen to have all American customer service based right here in America. When you talk to someone, it's an American who speaks English. And the average family saves $800 a year when they switch to Pure Talk. And they're on the same network as one of the big guys. It's easy to switch to; They make it cake. From your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly. That's pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly. And you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Truth. Attitude.
4: Jesse Kelly.
1: It is the Jesse Kelly Show. I'll get back to these Ask Dr. Jesse questions here in a second. Just let me finish up this history story. As someone that was asking about, uh, well, whatever. It was asking about Jewish history when it comes to Israel and whatnot. We're talking about the, when the Romans were there. So these zealots, basic, I mean, I hate to call them terrorists because to be honest with you, I kind of root for them every time I read. They're Jews that are really invested in the Romans leaving. Really invested, and they're more than happy to cut your throat for you if you don't choose to be as invested as they are. They go up to this mountaintop. You can actually look it up today. You can see – I think you can walk in it still today. I believe there are still tours. It's really, really cool. It's a fortress, a, a hilltop fortress called Masada, virtually impregnable. There's one road up it, and the Romans are after them, and they surround them, and they're up on this mountaintop. And the Romans, remember, the Romans were just like the best engineers ever. They had to figure out, okay, how are we supposed to get up there? These guys are not weak. They're going to get us going up the road. The Romans eventually built their own like ramp and siege tower to to push up to Masada. It's a long story. I'm not going to go into all the details of it. But at one point in time, they knew they were toast. All the zealots up there knew they were toast. Only it was against their religion to commit suicide. That's a big, big no-no. That's a big, big no-no. I realize it still is, Chris. I understand that, okay? Don't don't nitpick me right now. But it's a big, big no-no. So what they did was they drew lots, and they would pick someone, and he would go kill other Jews, the other zealots up there on purpose. They were waiting for it. So they didn't have to kill themselves. They drew lots, and he would have to kill them. And they kept drawing lots and whittling down those numbers until the end the last guy sucks to be him had to kill himself the romans got there and they were all dead they'd all killed themselves it's a cool story actually i realized it's kind of a i realized that was a little darker than i remembered it being now that i told the story again but it's still a very cool story you would enjoy it dear doctor oracle american cheese white or yellow oh yellow get out of here with that fancy white american cheese stuff and i'm not anti white american cheese I'm a good old fashioned yellow craft singles, American cheese, man. What's up, Oracle. I've heard you say many times on your show that you get mountains of emails about COVID crazed family members, not allowing sons and daughters and grandkids, et cetera, to see them. Here's one more for you. My mom passed away from cancer at the age of 49. This of course devastated my family. And as a result, my sister and I made a conscious effort to spend more time with our grandfather, my mom's dad, because of it. Before COVID, we made yearly trips to go see him in Florida every spring, and it was time we used to become much closer to him than when we were kids. We never saw him much because of his very busy work schedule. Currently, we haven't seen him in about two years now due to the pandemic, and my grandfather is 83 years old. Who knows how much time he has left? I do have the vaccine, but my sister does not. When recently trying to finally plan a trip to see him, my sister revealed that she is unvaccinated. My grandfather canceled our plans on the spot. I fear that my sister may never see him again for the rest of his life, and I'm not sure how to process that information. All over a virus she could just as easily transmit to him whether she has the vaccine or not. I just wanted to share my story to let listeners know they aren't alone. You can read my name on the air. My name is Greg. Keep fighting the good fight, brother. (sighs) Greg, I am sorry, my man. And I know, like I said, we get these emails all the time, and they're just awful, but send them, please. It's it's no burden. Send them. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. But you, you cannot imagine how many emails we get. Uh, my mom won't let me visit. My daughter won't let me visit. My son won't let me visit him or my grandkids who I love. I mean, just unspeakable things. And I and I know it's difficult to process this information. I just, couple things. I've been very, very harsh on the people who won't let family members visit. And I'm not going to change that. I'm never going to change that. If you're if you're throwing away precious time with your family over a virus, uh, you really should probably look in the mirror and examine yourself. But I will just say this in regards to your grandfather and, and this individual case: do keep in mind how much panic they've been pushing on people for two years. I I, I understand the all right the show my show the Jesse Kelly show. I understand it got it got really big now, and obviously that's the weirdest thing in the world. But the show's gigantic now. And it's heard coast to coast and all that stuff. I get that. But even that, you know what percentage of America listens to my show every single day? It's less than one. The number's less than 1%. I mean, you you think because you're informed. And because you're out there trying to come down on the right side of issues and get the news of the day and and cut through the panic and, and find the truth, you think you're the norm. But you're not. I'm not. The norm is people, old, young, doesn't matter. The norm is people who just kind of try to half ignore politics. And the only news they really consume is the traditional ways Americans consume the news. They get up in the morning, breakfast. Maybe get the kids ready for school, work, go play some golf, watch a football game. The news they consume, it's 15 minutes of watching ABC at night. Stop for a moment and consider how misinformed you are if you watch ABC News to get your news. Do you remember when ABC News took a video from a Kentucky gun range and they edited the video and then they broadcast the video and told everyone that was the Turks – slaughtering the Kurds because they wanted to make Trump look bad. It was a video from a gun range in Kentucky. ABC had to issue an apology and a retraction and everything. But the average person doesn't know that. You know that story. You were nodding as I was just telling you. You remember that story. The average person has no idea. This is your grandfather, your 83-year-old grandfather. He has no idea that everything he consumes is a lie now. And look, especially for an older person, that's tough to even come to that realization because you didn't grow up in that world. He's 83. How many years of his life could he trust the CDC? Like all of them. I mean, How do you convince someone like that? Uh, Grandpa, the CDC is now packed full of left-wing activists and pharmaceutical board people and stuff like that. Uh, you You really shouldn't trust very much of what they say. That's tough. All right. We got some more Ask Dr. Jesse questions. I have some Biden audio for you. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly show. And look, Chris came up with actually a decent point during the break. So I'm going to act like I came up with this. But on, on about, you know, Grandpa. Grandpa believes everything he sees on the news. He believes what the CDC says. You ever talk to an old person who doesn't like banks, hates banks, won't put their money in banks? I know people like this still. Why? Well, a lot of those people lived through a time where the banks had all your money and then they just kind of put a closed for business thing and their money, your money became their money and it disappeared. You don't just get that out of somebody in a day or so. Think of the devastation. uh, on a different level that's what we're dealing with when we have relatively normal people who don't understand they've been lied to forever and we have to deprogram them it takes a long time so yeah I, i get very very harsh and i will always be very harsh on family members who cut off other family members over coronavirus don't be a scumbag go see your kids go see your grandkids but I also do understand, especially for older folks who've grown up in a country where you could trust the institutions, it's hard to get to a point where you realize, man, they're, they're all bad. They're all broken. I mean, look, look,
2: this guy right here, this is America's president. There is no way to get out of Afghanistan after 20 years easily, not Possible no matter when you did it. And I make no apologies for what I did. That person's in charge.
1: He's packing the administrative state with people loyal to him. These people were bad. To the most prestigious doctor. Love the show. Only the Jesse only on the Jesse Kelly show can you hear the hard truth about troubling times we live in, as well as jump in mid-episode and the first thing you hear is that's not an insult to Waffle House's breakfast. Keep up the great work. Your voice is having an impact. Says I can say his name. His name is Matt. All-knowing wizard of all things tall. I'm a fairly tall man, and I was curious where you found comfortable fitting shirts before you could afford nice things with your Red Lobster money. I typically buy XXL shirts, which mostly cover the length, but the problem is that I'm XXL tall, not XXL fat, so it looks sloppy. Looking forward to your fashionista wisdom says I can say his name. His name is Darl. He says P.S. I've been in the Air Force twenty one years. Oh, I can't say that. I can't say that, Darl. That's not right. All right, so uh here's the thing. I don't have any idea what to tell you about where to buy cl- tall clothes. I I I don't have some fancy uh, personal designer or something like that. Or what do you call those? Do they call them designers just the people who come. A stylist or something, or or, I think that's what it's called. Look, I don't, I don't obviously don't have any of that. I I just tried. It's when you're really, really tall, only you're not fat. With it, he's right. That's the problem. You walk in a big and tall store. Yeah, they have tall stuff for you, but it's all you know quadruple XL. It looks like I'm wearing a garbage bag. It's a crapshoot. I don't have any. I don't have any advice to give you. I don't have some fancy place that sells tall clothes. What, Chris? I see Chris just brought up the, my, the wife does this too. He said, Taylor's taking shirts for $15. I know this is going to sound lazy. It probably is lazy. It bugs me that I have to buy a shirt or buy a pair of jeans and not be able to just wear it like every other normal-sized person. So I have to buy a shirt or buy a pair of jeans and then go spend more money and more time getting my new shirt tailored. It grades on me. And so because it grades on me, I won't do it. I'm thinking, I'm not spending another $15. I just paid $20 bucks for this T-shirt. And I know that's dumb. I know it sounds lazy and dumb. It bothers me. It bothers me. Look, on top of the, the tall person house, I'm going to build if I win the lottery. I'm gonna, I am going to get uh, some uh, designer or tailor or whatever you're talking about, and I'm going to have all clothes that fit. It's going to be wonderful. Oh, oh! and another thing, devastating as this is, and I'm, I'm just complaining to complain. This is not even v- vaguely relatable to anyone who's not 6'8". If you do get a shirt that fits, I treasure it like everything. Sometimes I forget to tell the wife, don't dry this. Washes it, dries it, it fit one time, and then it's gone. Devastating, Chris. Devastating. That actually happened to those shirts I got with my face on the front of them, so I have to only wear them around the house now. The wife still doesn't like it. Just listen to your last, cla- last in class on your older history podcasts. Custer was my hero. He's talking about George Custer, obviously. There was a statue of him in Monroe, Michigan. I know that now. I know now that he was an arrogant glory seeker, which got him and his troopers killed. But he was a great commander, and you can't take that away from him because of the bad. I absolutely love your take on history, my friend. By the way, watch the movie called "Son of the Morning Star." It's the most accurate version of his life, and it's the short version. I lived in Montana in the 90s, got to stand on the hallowed ground they call Little Bighorn, an awesome experience such as standing at Gettysburg. You rock, brother. It says I can say his name. His name is Steve. Uh, Custer is, look, my take on history is generally this. Unless we're talking about Mao or someone like that. I generally don't pick good guys and bad guys because I just believe we're all good and bad. And if you look at history and someone's only a bad guy, you're probably not getting accurate history. People are really, really good and really, really bad. And we're all both of those things. We're all both of those things. We like to, you know, just focus on the good things about me. There are terrible things about you. Probably not as many as me, but there are terrible things about you. You're undoubtedly capable of both. And what he just said about guys like Custer were right. Yeah, he was reckless and he was a glory hound in those things. Custer was also absurdly brave. And I've always admired officers who lead the way. When Custer fought in the Civil War and he would do these big, I mean, suicidal cavalry charges where he just charge into the rebel troops, Custer was at the front. He wouldn't at the back point and go here, go there. Custer had bullets whizzing by him the whole daggone time. Exactly what kind of sociopath would risk losing a perfectly good pair of flip-flops wading into a swamp to rescue a complete stranger? Are you trying to give sociopaths a bad name? He's talking about the story I told last night. I, I wish I'd taken off the flip-flops, okay? I wish I'd taken off the flip-flops, all right? uh, Whatever. I'm not answering that. Shogun, I'm on a business trip in San Diego. I thought I would escape dinner to go to the gas lamp quarter. He said, I'm sure you're familiar. I actually talked about that at the beginning of the show. It's awesome down there. Gosh, it's well, I guess it was. I haven't been in a while for an awesome steak dinner. I've been to this area a bunch of times. It's always been jumping, happy, good-looking people everywhere, just having a good time. It was dead on Thirsty Thursday. That wasn't what was concerning. I struck up a conversation with a 30-ish bartender at an empty restaurant about COVID regulations. She wanted more. She obviously doesn't care that this will put her out of a job. Give the commies credit they are masterful at convincing huge swaths of the population. They are in danger and need them. He said, I can use his name. His name is Matt. I, it's still, look, it still floors me out there. There are parents who are still putting masks on their children. They insist their their children wear masks. The, the, the COVID I don't, brainwashing is probably the best way I can put it. The COVID brainwashing it obviously is probably not effective on you it has been very very effective on this country and sadly effective on this country the percentage of americans even if it's 20% even if it's 20% 30% the percentage of americans who've bought into all this man it's going to do damage to us for a long time it's not a small thing if of your population has lost their minds. Honestly, people just don't think anymore. They don't, they don't think they're not, they're not taught how to think. That's why I talk to you about Annie's genius box all the time about teaching your kids how to think you must teach your kids to become critical thinkers or they won't be critical thinkers. That is taught. It has a taught skill. And look, honestly, if you have kids age seven to 12, get them this thing. They have three hands on activities it comes with a top-secret mission envelope. They love it. They You open it up, and that's where all the instructions are. It's where they find out how to build the hovercraft or, or build a robot or do all these other things. They're teaching your kids geology and chemistry and stuff like that. Teach them to think. Annie'sKitClubs.com slash radio That's annieskitclubs.com slash radio. That actually saves you 75% on your first box, which is quite a bit, right? annieskitclubs.com slash radio. We'll be back with as many questions as I can cram in.
4: Missed out? Catch up. jessikellyshow.com
1: the jesse kelly show man it is only the final segment of the jesse kelly show i I want you to be honest with me about something before i get to these last questions and stuff like that chris you miss me on the weekends don't you what chris you do i know you do look you can deny it all you want and roll your eyes but i i can't imagine what it must be like for you to be away from me your hero it must be terrible it must be terrible (laughs) Dear Jay steel minivans, Kelly, I had one minivan. Okay. That's all we could afford. My wife and I purchased a beautiful Pacifica minivan last week. And I thought you would be thrilled to learn that your face is what popped up on the giant screen. As soon as I connected my phone, <laughs> the salesman got a brief earful of the soothing yet rugged sounds of your podcast. Don't let it go to your head. There isn't much room left in there. I also wanted to let you know that my mom and I really enjoy talking about your show. We think you're hilarious and often share the funny quotes. Have a great weekend. You can share my name. His name is Casey. Casey give your best to mom. I would tell you <laughs> I found this to be odd. The whole uh remember I'm very I'm very new to media. We've I've only been doing it a few years. It is it is still it's just different. That I like, I'll get in the car, and if I'm if I'm replaying an interview or replaying, sometimes I listen to myself to try to catch things that I maybe don't like or something I'm repeating too much or something. It's just like kind of a self scouting thing to look. And the same thing in my car, it's that's my face on there. It's very odd. It's very very odd. It's it's a, it's you know when people come up to me, hey, can I get a picture with you? I mean, the answer is always yes. Of course, you're welcome to. But that's that's. The heck you want a picture with me for (laughs) dear Jesse Bama fan who is far more angry at Saban than you, but I'm not really surprised first at the beginning of 2020 season. During the George Floyd protests, Saban went along with the team black lives matter deal organized by Najee Harris, his stud running back at the time. He's now with the Steelers. I wanted him fired then as a coach represents the university, which is not supposed to advocate the destruction of family and Western civilization. Also, Saban and Manchin are very close friends from way back at West Virginia. And Kristen Cinema is hot for a politician. <laughs> Says his name is Johnny. Said it's okay to say it. In case you missed it, I, I brought it up earlier in the week. And I, I wasn't picking on him in particular, but I... It, it really applies to Sabin. Saban came out and said he's in favor of uh, the voting rights bill. It's It's a cheating bill. It's not a voting rights bill. It's a bill that allows Democrats to cheat. And Nick Saban knows that. Nick Sabin's only quote in favor of it because his job is to go sit in the living room of 16, 17 year old black kids and recruit them to go to Alabama and recruit and you know, talk to their parents. He's taking a position on major America-changing legislation so he can look better? So he can look better to recruits. That's the most selfish thing I've ever heard in my life. You're taking a stance you know to be wrong just because it benefits you? And when I say I'm not picking on him in particular, I mean, this is the norm now. This is the norm now, especially at these high-level jobs, coaches and athletes and actors and, and corporate CEOs and all these people. They take all these public positions they know to be wrong just because it helps their bottom line or helps them win. Where's the courage in this country? What happened to the guts? We, we, look, Nick Saban should be a leader in this society, greatest college football coach of all time. That should be a man who leads, whose voice you can respect on issues. Instead, just a, just another guy happy to sell out his country if it gets in the next fast cornerback. That, that just grades on me, man. I can't stand it. Yo, Jesse, what do you think is the best way to get more people involved in the fight? Last night, you talked about Joe Sixpack being more interested in the latest f- sports game than the fight for America. Help us out, handsome. <laughs> He says I can say his name. His name is Dan. Uh, That is what we're missing right now. There's this sea of people out there in this country who believe exactly what you believe, and they think exactly what you think about the issues, but they never get involved. They never run for office. They might not even vote. They, They don't communicate it because they don't care about politics, and there are a lot of people. That's the norm. Remember, that's more normal. You're not normal. I'm not normal. How do we get them involved? That's the bad news. They got to wake up on their own. And people don't generally wake up on their own until they feel pain. Oh, they'll probably be getting involved in the coming years with inflation coming and everything else. When you look around and all of a sudden you can't afford a pound of burger anymore, you start asking questions like, why? What happened there? Sadly, by then it's often too late. The, the, the bad news is this. The few, the interested few like you, you're what we've got. The, 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 but it's always been that way. It's always been that way. A gigantic percentage of the population always just goes along. Uh, the American Revolution, you probably already know this, but the, the American Revolution, we have this image in our heads, at least I grew up like this, where every American was... Picking up a musket and shooting the Brits. Do you know what percentage of this country was on the side of, well, America to create a new country? A third. The same percentage, they were called loyalists. They fought for the British. The other third didn't care. Just sat it out. The thing, the gigantic events, the battles that shaped your nation, that gave you the United States of America, a third of the country, a third of it, looked and said, Oh, I'm not worried about that. I, I think I'll go I think I'll go pick some apples. That's where we are. That's where we are. All we can do, all we can do is make sure we are as informed. And strong as we can be for the coming fight. You can't wake people up. Go get look, go get a male vitality stack from Cha. CHOQ.com. Natural herbal supplements, not chemical medical filth, natural herbal supplements. An American country company of patriots. They're interested in making sure testosterone levels don't fall off a cliff. Go get the Mail Vitality stack at choq.com. choq.com. Make sure you remember to use the promo code Jesse. cuz that actually gets you 30% off for a limited time. That's significant. Don't don't miss out on that deal. choq.com, Mail Vitality stack, promo code Jesse. All right. You keep your chin up this weekend. Make sure you spend time with your family. Make sure you read books together, watch a movie together, go play sports together, dine together. In the coming hard times, family, the people around you, they're what we're going to have. They're what we're going to rely on. All right? All right. Keep your chin up. That's all.